Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie related. This is Demolition Man, and I'm Ben Bateman, and I'm Andrew Guy. And I'm very excited to do this movie. Whammy! I haven't seen this. Mo- I've, this is the second time I've seen this movie. You just introduced yourself for the first time. I feel like we shared a moment. Are you growing up? Should we do? Should we do it over? I feel weird. You feel weird. Aaron training wheels are off. You wore a red tie today. I'm dressed in Canadian colors. I like really red and white. I felt like you were just trying to match the mic. I'm trying to be the hitman. Oh yeah, he's black, white, and red. I'm gonna shave my head today. Are you? I, are you gonna tan? I came back from Hawaii one summer and I gained like 15 pounds when I was in Hawaii, and then I accidentally shaved my head one level too short. So I walked into work and I just looked like a giant Asian Oompa Loompa. It was very funny. It was not funny. It made a lot of fun. Of was very, I was sweating a lot. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy, the show on the Popcorn Talk Network where we talk about action movies, the best action movies, in fact. And those action movies that are made traditionally after 1981 have four basic rules they have to adhere to. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. John Spartan plays by his own rules, 100%. Absolutely. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room or things or beings or aliens or whatever. I, I would say Phoenix is... He's crazy, he's but he's in, brilliant. No, he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly the training that happened when yeah. he was in cryostasis. While Stallone was learning to knit. <laughs> learning how to knit. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. When we say political, we mean they could either be the man or work for the man. So, in fact, they could be an MTA MTA operator in the take movie, take uh, He is a cop, 100%, so that is a thing. And then rule number four, there's at least one explosion. This movie is filled with them. Absolutely. Like, filled with 90s explosions and... 80s explosions of music. Yeah, just absolutely <laughs> incredible. So that is how we do the show. Um, I think we should probably get into uh, action movie tagline before we show we'll the trailer. we do that first? Yeah, we want to show it. the trailer first. No, no, no. Let's maybe, get... maybe we'll show the trailer first because... <sighs> Because then we'll have our tagline, because then the people can know about it. Absolutely. So if you guys are watching, this is the trailer, and then we're going to do your movie tagline. You're getting better and better at this every week. Whammy. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel like I'm getting it. Really? (laughs) At the end of a century. At the end of a century. by violence. Yeah, who's this guy? A society of perfect order. Even the voice in the trailer is comedy. It's like, you know what I mean? Everything is comedy. Wrongly convicted. Criminals will be frozen. His sentence is wrongly convicted. Yeah. They almost don't even ever tell you that he's wrongly convicted. Until the very, very end. You only get it in for a second. He's like, those people were frozen already! You know, that was a line from earlier in the movie? Did you read that? Which one? So it's, it's from a scene that was earlier in the movie they, they, they cut. And they took the audio from that scene and they put it over the scene later because he's not on camera. Right. Just so you could, like, get it. By the way. Yet another sloppy, uh, piece of editing. 
I'm gonna love running this place. Snipes. Just so awesome. Oscar worthy, too. Absolutely. This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. Mm. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. It's the world of peace and calm. We're police officers. <laughs> We're not trained for this kind of violence. <laughs> How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The demolition man. The demolition man. man. Parole, our full reinstatement into the SAP. In a, time, in a bad Simon time, he was the worst. Simon Phoenix. <laughs> Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi. <laughs> Such a John McClane line. Paper plastic, you son of a. <laughs> hey, fellas, gotta eat your greens. Wesley Snipes. They get news for you, thousands of people pay to see. Demolition Man. <laughs> Can we just do that movie again? Definitely not. <laughs> Alright. It's a very good trailer. Captivating. I mean, relative to some of the 93 trailers. It's actually not as bad as a it's lot okay. of them. Yeah. I'll just tell you guys right now, the movie Warrior, I don't know we've talked about it once or twice, go watch the trailer for Warrior. That thing what? gets me more jacked up than any trailer I can think of. Any drug you yeah. can take. Has nothing to do with what we just watched. No, but it's a all. great trailer, and that's a mediocre trailer. <laughs> What's the best, like, 92, 93, 94 trailer you can think of? Have we done any on Patriot. the show? That's 99. That's 2000. Shit. Yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that's like... I have to pay a credit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you have to pay a credit. <laughs> We're going to have to pay a lot today on the, on the show. Most that was likely. clever, Drew. It was good. It was a I've seen the movie. It was a callback to the film. Yes. Um, okay, let's talk about our action movie tagline. Guess this is a new thing we're doing on the show. Uh, and if you want to join into the conversation, anything at all, we started an action movie at Anime Twitter. It's new. It's uh, AMA Podcast. That's the thing we're doing. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Guy. And if you love what you're watching, if you are just adoring it or you think it's kind of shitty, but still give us four stars at least, please, uh, go to iTunes and give us a rating <laughs> and review. And uh, it helps us do the show because we love to do the show and we can't really do the show unless you guys are letting us know it's awesome because they'll turn the lights off otherwise. Just kidding. They won't really. But you should do it anyway because it's sweet. And uh, this is Action Movie Tagline. So this is like that thing when you're in the video store that doesn't exist anymore, but it used to exist. You'd see a VHS box and it'd be like, slam, bang, action, thriller, or a non-strop adrenaline thrill ride or something. Did you say non-strap? I've done it several times that way. (laughs) It's a mistake. It's a mistake. I'd appreciate if you didn't call it out. I'm dyslexic. Um, look, Andrew, I'm not doing so well. Uh, <laughs> it's the thing where we come up with our own action movie tagline for the for that movie. So we both have written one that this is like the thing we would write on the back of the box. It's usually a little longer than the ones we shared. but Yours are always long. Are they? Mine's kind of longer today. Good. Would you like to go first? I would love to go first. You have to do it in the 80s Should I do it voice. in this? Should I do it in the 90s voice? Or you should I do, do it? it in the utopian society <laughs> voice? That's true. That's the one from the trailer. But it's but so I'm not bad. Going to. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Okay. All I right. always can't read my own handwriting, and I screw mine up. They never sound as good as they should. you wrote it down this time. Yep. It's good. It's not in my head. <laughs> Didn't write anything else down. <laughs> Surprise, Drew! <laughs> okay, guys. This is going to be on the one. I'm looking at camera. Here we go. <laughs> A perfect future demolished by the grizzled masculinity of Blade and Rambo in their primes. Prepare to laugh. Prepare to cheer. Prepare to be demolished. John Spartan. Simon Phoenix. Demolition Man. (laughs) That's pretty good. Pretty good, right? Blade didn't exist. Yeah, well... I'd just like to just throw that out there. The tagline exists now. We're in the future. We're in the (laughs) future. My tagline was cryogenically frozen in stasis. It was uh, taken out just for the show just now. 
Okay. What you got, Andrew? All right, all right. What you, you got, Andrew? What you got, Andrew? You just got to give me your best. All right, here we go. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> got to get prepped. It's a good one. <laughs> Prepare to have your adrenal glands demolished in this slam-bang action thriller. Oh, I had to use you it. you used it. <laughs> you won't know when or where you're going. Who owns this century? Spartan or Phoenix? That's good. I know. Shit! <laughs> I feel like you beat me every time on those Look, ones. man, it was your idea to do this. I really liked mine this time. It was good. I thought it was good. It was like a nice try. Prepare to be demolished. I had to do it. Yeah. Every week I need to get a playoff the title of the movie. Nah, and you, you stole Slam Bang Action Thriller, which you know is my favorite. I, I did. It's my I single like, I favorite. I have to use it. Yeah, okay, guys. Well, that was uh, Action Movie Tagline. Let us know if you have an Action Movie Tagline, if you if you like the Action Movie Tagline segment that we're doing now. Uh, we, we seem to enjoy it. It's so, fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> It's a good time we have. This next thing is thesis statement. We've been doing this since the beginning of the show. So this is the thing where we come up with a bold idea about the film. Something that really sells our point of view. Like when we're watching it, the thing we feel the most. And we, Yeah, something funny. Yeah, they told me, Jonathan <laughs> just said I'm dressed up as a candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's Christmas time, okay? <laughs> I'm feeling festive. Uh, so this is the thing it's our, it's our strong statement on the film something you can kind of defend the whole time you know this is the greatest this or this is the, the worst of this or the first time this has ever happened it shouldn't be loose it shouldn't be like this is my favorite character ever or something like that and mm-hmm. uh, yeah we kind of stick with it and, and talk about it the whole film so I'm going to go first on this one Okay. and it's uh, this is the best comedy Sylvester Stallone ever made <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy because this wasn't advertised as such and it's not remembered as a comedy but watching it it's hilarious and it's intentionally hilarious yeah absolutely they're it, trying to they do exactly what they're intending to do in, in some ways I almost like I when we get to the end of the show and we talk about categories well, mm-hmm. my category shifted as I thought about this really yeah it shifted a little bit oh I can't wait um, and so it's just because I think that this movie is incredibly clever I think that the comedy is incredibly clever the worst parts of this movie are the action like, yeah. which is the case with a lot of the movies we do, it seems. Yeah, sometimes it's like everything that in between the action is the best part. Yeah, like the action really lags in this movie. It, it doesn't ha- pop. It doesn't really have any life. It's just right. very, like, by the numbers. Um, we read an article about this I sent to you, and, and the guy says, it's one of those strange films where it feels like there's bullets flying everywhere, but there's no real sense of danger. And no. that's the case with a lot of these movies, but it's one of those where, like, the action scenes, I'm just like, okay, when is this over so Stallone can be, like, fish out of water again? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's one of those things when you're, when you're watching these movies and, and the stakes aren't high enough where you don't... Yeah. You, you can never really fully invest in something where you feel like there's nothing at stake. Nothing is bad is going to happen to Rambo at the end of this movie. Everyone knows that. John Spartan is going to live. Yeah, 100%. And, well, and so th- the other thing about that is, like, for those of you that don't know, and we will talk about it in a minute, because actually this movie happens right in the phase of his career when he's doing comedies. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But he tried. Stallone tried to make a bunch of comedies. Yeah. He, he, he and uh, Schwarzenegger, right around the same era, both kind of attempted to rebrand and, and make yeah, like, several comedies. Yeah, like Rhinestone. You got Stopper, My Mom Will Shoot. shoot you got yeah, Oscar. Oscar, yeah. yeah. And this is not intended to be a comedy. It came out the same year as Cliffhanger. But it's, it's definitely his funniest movie. This yeah. movie had me laughing out loud. Oh. The whole time. My favorite line, which we'll share later, is hilarious. Yeah. It's very funny. It's a very good line. So the comedy in the movie, I think, is the best part of it, and hence, this is his greatest comedy. Yeah. I like that. That's very good. Uh, Mine's kind of on the same line, but with the other actor. This is Wesley Snipes' best performance. Really? (laughs) Period. (laughs) Absolutely. I like Blade. I love The Art of War. You're not going favorite. No. Best. Greatest. Wow. Better than King of New York, better, better than, than New Jack City, everything that he's better ever done. Better than Drop Zone, Look, the Rising Sun. His commitment to this character 
yeah. is the best. He's committed. He's like the Joker in the first Batman mixed with someone else. I don't even know who it is. Mixed with his any of the other characters that he has yeah, every other movie he's been in since he's the same character. Is it better than his role in Tu Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Ooh, that's a close second. It's a close, it's a very second. close second. Swayze and Leguizamo, man, incredible film. Yeah, never going to do it on this show. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> doesn't not. apply at all. <laughs> yes, greatest performance by Mr. Here, Snipes. Here's a question for the audience. All right, real quick, mm-hmm. impromptu, five movies. We'll do three each that okay. you would just absolutely love to do, but you wouldn't be able to do on the show. We'll do five total because we're both going to choose Boogie Nights first. I will choose Boogie Nights first. You get to choose two. I get to choose two. And we're going to name five. And if you guys are watching, think about what's another show, a show that doesn't exist yet, a show mm-hmm. that potentially could exist that would feature those movies. Yeah. What would it be? I what like would that. that show be? That's good. Boogie uh, Nights is one. So we're each doing Boogie Nights for once. Why don't we throw that out and do three different ones? Okay. Yeah. All right. Favorites. Uh, I'm going to go Dark Knight Rises. The third one? The third one. Oh, you really wanted Dark Knight Rises? I just want to talk in some people for would, Some people would make the argument that we could do it on this show. I think we could do Dark Knight on this show, and that's another conversation to have, well, but I don't think our, you could do Rises on it. We just have our whole thing about superhero movies. Yeah. As soon as you step your foot into the realm of superhero movies, you, you, it you opens come up, up a door. Well, it's pre-contextualized characters that already have a backstory that you're expected to know when they walk in the door, which right. is really hard because it makes it difficult to watch the film and feel like you're learning about the character as you go, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it takes away from some of the payoff we get in a movie like Demolition Absolutely. Man or The Rocker Point Break. These movies we love so much. Um, I'm gonna go with. Well, I'll go with Tu Wong Fu because I love that really? movie. Really? Out of all the movies in the world, I wouldn't have actually chosen it except that it spurned the idea for the conversation. I know. So, okay, I'll st- no, I won't do that Probably one. Probably not. No, it's not Tu Wong Fu. <laughs> That'd be a bad movie to do. Um, I'm gonna say The Weatherman with Nick Cage. Ah, it's a good Love one. The Very Weatherman with movie. Nick Cage. One of my favorites. Yeah. Hilarious movie. Uh, I would probably have to say. Requiem for a Dream. So dark. It's so good. You're so fucked up. I am. I really am. I love dark, depressing movies so much. That scene with Jared Leto and Ellen Bernstein in her apartment makes me cry every single time. Andrew basically just turns the lights off in his room and puts the movie on TV and just I'm sits busy there in today. silence, puts his phone on silent, locks his door and watches that movie like three times a week. Doesn't happen. He'd be like a portal into his life, guys. All right. Uh, Requiem, okay. Uh, I'll go Magnolia because I love it love just Magnolia. as much as Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even more than Boogie Nights, and I would just cruise in it. Want to cruise his best roles? There's so many movies that we're just completely not going to. Well, this is just a couple. Yeah, Uh, I think the other one for me, since it is in our genre, and I'm trying to somewhat stick with that. Although Requiem for a Dream is not even close. uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Because I already have tried. Like I think I could make a strong enough argument to maybe do it on the show one day, but we probably won't. It has such a different feel to it than any other movie we do on this show. Yeah, even Gladiator. Right, it's it's worlds apart. Fully. Um, I love that movie so much, and I think it's so well acted and shot, and just, it's such a great action movie. Yeah. But it is also just such a heavy drama. Heavy. Yeah. Extremely. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm gonna go with one of the films from someone who I just adored. Let's, let's go. Oh, Sunshine? So t- I do love Sunshine. God, I love Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, it's yeah? a good point. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll use hop on that one too. I love, I love that movie Sunshine so to death. much. That movie blows my mind. Yeah, 28 Days Later was one that I might have said as well. All right, so anyway, guys, if you heard movies in there that you're like, those are all awesome, we love those movies, and we think that's really interesting, uh, tweet at us at, at, at AMA Podcast or one of us personally, and just let us know what you think. What would that show be about? What would the what would the format be? What would you want to see? What would we talk about? Um, you know, that's yeah, something absolutely. we're interested to know. Obviously, you know, we love talking about movies, and we're 
very busy prepping this show for you every week, but uh, <laughs> twist our arms. So let's uh, let's keep going, and we've already done thesis. Yeah, we got to go to fist pump. This will be quick because I think we have the same. Oh, it's the same. And I wish we had this song. No, no, we do. We're gonna play it. Oh, we do. We have the clip. Oh, now. Yeah, right now. Let's cue. Yeah, it. let's cue yeah. the clip. Oh my god, it's a small this, video. I lost it. Yeah, I lost <laughs> it when this started happening. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Like, when the music comes on, you don't know if it's actually music or just yeah. sounds in the movie for it's, like, futuristic. It literally just sounds like they took, like, some song, like, an early 90s rap song, you know, like, something by, like, Criss Cross or, like, right. something like a bad song. And then they just, like, threw in some futuristic sounding, like, like pans hitting a table through, like, a phaser. With your hands behind your back. Hmm. What's this? Six of you. Such nice, tidy uniforms. He's incredible. He's so good. He's really good. Oh, He's so, so committed. Yeah. You guys don't have sarcasm anymore. Let me just go back to hacking real quick. And it's, it's even sweeter, too, that he's got, like, he's, like, proficient in karate. Oh, it's so good. It's like, because we were talking about this, the whole the whole 90s thing of guys mm-hmm. punching each other in the face. Um, he was in the Jet, Jackie Chan family and, like, the... Uh, Jackie Chan, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme yeah. They were, like, they could do martial arts. Mm-hmm. They were, like, kung fu experts, essentially. He had to slow down his fighting. Because it's blurred, right? Yeah, the cameras couldn't yeah, catch it. they had to have him kick slower. Which is why it looks awkward as hell yeah. sometimes. I love when he hits the guy and he goes, Ole! <laughs> That's so bad. Just, like, standing looking at the eye, like, I'm gonna kill you with this thing. Murder, death, kill. Oh, this movie Schneider's so, so good. Good. And the music. This is because the music's my fist bump moment. Oh, absolutely. The scene it's is not even the yeah. Kind of my fist bump moment, but it's really the music that's my fist. The bump glass moment. on that car is made out of the same thing they used for Breaking Bad's meth. Yeah, it just right. like cracks immediately. Uh-huh. This is sweet. Classic, like. Classic, like, guy that should be, like, someone who comes out of a wall to fight you in Mortal Kombat, the movie, basically. Yeah. Kind of looks like it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, could we ever do Mortal Kombat on the show? Uh, why not? Liu Kang, Shang Tsung, they definitely play by their own rules. We could. It has the villain qualifier. Yeah. Raiden qualifies Shang Tsung. There's got to be an explosion. There's explosions. He's a fighter, though. It's a fighting tournament movie. We could do that. Do you remember what... <laughs> Do you remember when we watched Mortal Kombat one night? We were, we, 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 we have to be intoxicated. Yeah, we were like quite intoxicated. Gone. And it was very good. I couldn't. I couldn't rent it, but I was willing to buy it for nineteen ninety nine on Amazon, streaming. We we were very good at spending our money when we drank. I still own it. <laughs> the digital copy. We wanted to own the show. hard copy. We have to All be careful. Right, we can cut on, that clip. We have to be careful on the stuff on Bakuga because we just like do a lot of the movies that they should do on. The they did Rocky Four last week. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we choose terrible movies occasionally that like are totally their wheelhouse. Like yeah. Mortal Kombat's their wheelhouse, a hundred percent. I don't know, man. Like it's a good movie. Then again, we love those guys and we love Mortal Kombat. There you go. So bring it in. Um, oh yeah, oh, Stephen. Yeah. Stephen, are you on the radio? Can you talk? Uh, I don't know. I'm on my 
like six or seven, I think. All right, all right. We'll Steven get that working. just suggested we do the fifth element, which we've talked about before. It's so good. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, guess it kind of does qualify. It's like... I mean, there's as much action in it as like some of the other movies. We've yeah, done. it's very like weird, futuristic, takes itself really seriously, but in like not that serious But like, yeah, way. I mean, Chris Tucker, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you see the <laughs> SNL thing, the uh, Star Wars editions? Yes. Yeah, I showed yeah, you, right? It was right? very good. It has the Tucker moment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Let's not talk about inside jokes. Okay, <laughs> excellent. So uh, that's the fist pump moment. For those of you that are wondering what a fist pump moment is, because we just jumped into that, it's that moment when you're watching the movie and something happens and you kind of look around on the couch and you're like, is anyone else seeing how awesome this is right now? You're like, yes! And then I take my phone out and I'm like, Andrew, I'm... I'm, I'm watching Demolition Man right now. I just remember, ben, I'm sitting right next to you. I know. I'm very. I love this moment. No, Andrew, as well. there's this moment. The music's yeah. like. Yeah, no, it's still playing. It's still like, playing in the background. See, we're watching the movie right now. I mean, you should just hang the phone up, man. <laughs> it's weird. What are we gonna get for lunch? What? <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's move on to yeah, star, profiles. star profiles. We kind of just started to detail it a little bit. Stallone. This was the period in his career. So so most people don't know this. If you think about Stallone, if you're a fan. You kind of imagine that 80s and 90s was Stallone. Mm-hmm. But really, the, Stallone's heyday was the early 80s. Like, he was kind of done in, in a lot of ways already by the time, like, 1990 rolled around. Yeah, I mean, he becomes such a big superstar off of Rocky and Rambo that he was trying to do other things to yeah. keep his name alive. And those things just kind of killed his name. Well, you know what I didn't know is that First Blood, I always remember First Blood as being, like, a very, like, sort of indie movie before Stallone was huge. Mm-hmm. But First Blood came out... This it was after Rocky. After Rocky 3. Yeah. Hidden three Rockies yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, So First Blood came out in 82. So, like, by the time Rambo 3 and Rocky 4 had already come out, mm-hmm. you know, this is 93, this movie. So the previous movies of this were not hits. You yeah. know, Rocky 5 was 1990. He did Oscar in 91, which is, like, a basically, like, a terrible, like, I think it's, like, a mafia comedy yeah, kind it's of. It's not good. Stop or my mom will shoot where he's a cop and the cover of the movie is like his mom with a revolver. And he's like, Hah. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's awesome. like his mother like meddles with his life. Yeah. It's not good. Um, and then Cliffhanger is the same year. Cliffhanger, did, Cliffhanger did okay though. Yeah, Cliffhanger's sweet. Yeah. Cliffhanger yeah. made like quite a bit of money. Good actually movie. made more money than this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we'll that's right. We'll have the graphic pulled later on it. But um, anyway, it, it's sort of funny if you think about Stallone and versus Schwarzenegger. It's like we always say Stallone really had two franchises and mm-hmm. just, a, just a giant like pile of turds. With a couple that like didn't stink quite as bad, yeah. And like Schwarzenegger has like a couple franchises, and then just tons and tons yeah. of hits throughout his career. Tons of great movies, yeah. Him. So Schwarzenegger really won. But on the other hand, like other than Terminator, Rocky it, and Rambo are better yeah. characters. It's, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those debates that will go down in history for action yeah. movies because it's like I feel like Stallone and uh, uh, Schwarzenegger are always in the same discussion. Yeah. And then you got Gibson and Willis on the other one. Yeah. Right. And it's just it's just the, it'll, you'll never be able to say who's better. Well, and Willis is way better. Between I, Gibson and him? Yeah. I just like McLean so much more than Riggs. Yeah, uh, Braveheart, so. Yeah, and the, Patriot. and the Patriot. Maybe you're right. I know. It's tough. Usually. So what, Wesley Snipes, like, we had this moment <laughs> when we were, like, going through and looking at all the movies that Snipes had done in his career, and I think 87% <laughs> of the boxes are the exact same color, with, or the exact oh, yeah. same picture with different filters. Well, this, so what so happened? just, like, looking off. Yeah, 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 This is the best part. This is the best part. If you... So Snipes has, like, this incredible run in his career. Like, his his run from, I want to say, like, 86 mm-hmm. to, like, 2002. He does, like, 500 movies a year. Yeah, great. And there's, like, you have all the Blades in there. Mm-hmm. You have, like, the movies right before this, which is, like, well, Sugar Hill's 
not great, but Boiling Point's pretty sweet. Rising yeah. Sun's super sweet. New Jack City is really sweet. I love the Art of War. It is Art one of, of my favorites. Art of War is in there. It's yeah. really good. Uh, a Drop Zone with Busey is mm-hmm. sweet. Also, I think King of New York, I'm pretty sure he's in. That's really good. Like, he's got, like, a bunch of great stuff. Even, yeah. even like, Tu Wong Fu is, like, pretty hilarious. Like, yeah, no, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, like, the whole 90s. We're not doing it on the show. <laughs> Stop bringing it up. Can we do Tu Wong Fu on the show? <laughs> it's full of action. <laughs> Just to, uh, never mind. Yeah, nope. um, Don't go there. <laughs> but then, this weird thing happens, and we don't, like... We don't look at the whole like like snipes and like the whole tax stuff. We don't really care. That's not no, what that's we do not on the show. We do here. But there's something that happens where all of a sudden he stops getting like premiere roles. Mm-hmm. And there's a stretch in his career from like '03 on where if you queue up the boxes like the, like the images for the boxes on IMDb, you'll notice that they all look like they're made by the same company yep. and the same director and the same graphic and designer. All straight to video. There's like so many, and they're all like like intensely colorful thing with like a righteous one word. kill, and, yeah. yeah. And it's like him like looking off, or like him holding a gun, or right. it's like he's a cop, he's a lawyer, he's an army but guy. He's always got the same look on his yeah, face. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, U.S. Marshals, sweet. It's a very righteous, righteous, righteous. Yeah, how's it feel? Yeah, yeah. righteous. So anyway, Snipes. Uh, this was sort of like his heyday in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, like you can even tell by his performance in it. Yeah, the dude is his confidence is through the roof. He can do no wrong in, yeah. in the eyes of the public. That's I think that's why I love it so much. Is when I'm watching it, I'm like, this guy is a flamboyant serial killer. Yeah, you know, and like Wesley Snipes is a badass. Like he's a hard ass. That's what all you see him in. Like Blade. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, even The Art of War. The Art of I'm, War. I'm just gonna keep talking about it until we do it on the show. <laughs> I'm you okay. Keep talking with it? about Tu Wong Fu, and I'll keep talking about Art of War. What the Passenger Fifty Seven? That's another good one, right? Yeah. It's, okay. Like early nineties. Yeah. So, uh, there's one other I can't think of. But yeah, absolutely great. His, the 90s for Snipes were great. Did I already tell the story on the show? I know I told you that story mm. about talking to him a couple weeks ago. No, no, you should. I mean, you might have, but you should just tell it again anyway. It's a funny story. So I, so we have, oh yeah, White Men Can't Jump, right? Oh, God. Money Train, that's him, right? Yeah. Yeah. White Men, White Men Can't Jump is actually probably his best performance. Yeah. That, no, he's so sweet in the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, Money Train. Anyway, so... Uh, Chirac, which is uh, Spike Lee's new movie, that comes out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the pre- yeah, yeah, I did the press junket for it, and Snipes was one. He's in the movie. He's actually very funny. He's, he has a great performance. Um, and I asked him. My last question was, okay, look, if, if the studios looked at you and they said, hey, Wesley, we want you to take Blade, you get to produce it, direct it, recast it with the lead role, right. like you get to have total control over the reboot of the franchise. It's going to be Blade Resurrection or something like that. Who would you cast? Who's the guy? And he looks at me. He's like, hmm, you know, I think I'd. I take that young guy, that uh, that guy Wesley Snipes. I think he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right? He's he's in pretty good shape, and he's still working pretty hard. I think I'd take him. I was like, very good, sir. Very good. We'll move what on. I think <laughs> is, if they actually relaunched the Blade franchise, he would try his damnedest to get back in. Hundred percent. He could pull it off. He's, he's like in pretty 50. good shape, man. He looked pretty good. I gotta I'm say, sure he did. Yeah, I was impressed. He he was in great shape though when they did Blade. It was obscene. Yeah, he was jacked. Yeah, yeah, martial arts guy. So there's a lot of production development that goes into this movie. We'll probably, I mean, again, we always do a lot of research on it, but we'll probably only talk about it for like 10 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on some of the interesting points. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty interesting stuff for this one. The first, yeah, the script was, was very interesting. Yeah, so the script, there's all this controversy controversy with an Eastern European writer who apparently came up with the idea originally. Mm-hmm. Then he feels that it was lifted by a Hollywood producer, but he didn't want to go into litigation because he didn't want to have to go up against Hollywood lawyers. So and he, he also said that this specific producer 
has stolen numerous, numerous ideas, ideas right? from the Eastern, yeah. Yeah, so until Joel Silver essentially got on board and just sort of, like, paid off the writers, there's, like, five writers, three of whom are accredited, mm-hmm. um, but the script changed a whole lot, so... And they got it perfectly at the end. Well, they yeah, <laughs> they really did. So, you know, the script went through numerous rewrites, and uh, so, so let's see here. One of the notes I wrote was that... Uh, Peter Lenkov's second draft in 1989 bears little resemblance to the shooting script. The strange names and tongue-in-cheek humor are nowhere to be seen three years later. So Lenkov wrote, like, essentially just a straight action movie because originally it was Seagal and Van Damme right. that were supposed to be in the roles here. But neither of them wanted to be the bad guy. Right. They both wanted to only be the good guy. And so then it went, uh, like, I think it was uh, Stallone was like, I want Jackie Chan to play yeah. the bad guy. And he didn't want to do it either. Because he's like, you know, the, my, the Asian audience that knows me as a... As a Martial arts guy is a good guy. I do not like to see as a sociopath. Plot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to do the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's how Snipes gets involved. Um, I thought I thought just like all the script doctoring, like the draft after draft after draft, was pretty weird. Now I pulled this article later that talks about the the production on like just the development and the budgeting. Yeah, this is really interesting. It was published in October 12, 1993, and essentially suggests that this movie cost as much as 97 million dollars to make between the promotion, marketing, and development. And it's listed with a budget of quite a bit less than that. Yeah, it's like 56 or something, something. like that? Something, yeah. And so I, I thought that was pretty fascinating when you look at all the writers, and it went way over like way over production time. So I think the script was pretty loose. Well, it's weird, too, that like this movie, as we get into box office, we'll talk about it, to put that much, to invest that much money in 93 yeah. for a movie that isn't even going to go worldwide... Yeah, well, open world it later. I was trying to find. It? I was trying to find the numbers on it. It was really hard to find. It was, yeah, it's, but, yeah, we can talk about it later. Okay. we should stick with the production right, now. Right, but, right. but yeah, so all the writers, you know, these guys are all like pretty interesting. Um, Waters, Daniel Waters, is the guy in the end that Joel Silver brought on. So Silver, we keep mentioning him. We've talked about him here before. He's one of the legendary producers. He's one of the greatest action movie producers of all time. Yeah, I mean, his you know obviously Top Gun, the Die Hard franchise, Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon, right? Like The Matrix. Like he's. Next to Jerry Bruckheimer, he's the other gigantic 80s, 90s action guy. Yeah. You know, St- like Stallone and Schwarzenegger owe a huge amount of their success to Joel Silver. So Silver's hands were on this movie, and he ended up bringing in Daniel Waters to do the he's final. He's a badass, Silver. Like, once he came in, he just, like, got everything in line yeah, he, right like, away. he just knew what it's to like, do. Pay him, 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 and him, fire yeah. them all, credit him, and we'll move on. Big budget, yeah, yeah. exactly. So this is hilarious, though. Daniel Waters, um, originally, he rose to prominence writing Heathers. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, so Heather's like a cult it's classic. A good movie, yeah, yeah, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. That yeah, sounds right. And it's the one where it's like, I, my sister used to really like that movie a lot. I think it's the one where it's like it's like clicky in high school, and there's like a murder. It's like they're trying to like murder the cool kids or something like that. I couldn't tell you, man. Okay, yeah, my sister used to watch it a lot. I think I'm pretty sure that's the one. It's, I know people talk about it like it's a cult classic. So he gets that. He ends up writing Batman Returns, but then he in back to back years he writes <laughs> Hudson Hawk. And he writes uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Yes. And he's awarded for these two great accomplishments. The worst screenplay <laughs> Razzie Award. Two years in a row. Yeah. And Silver was like, this is before this movie. Right. Silver's like, hey, he won the Razzie two years in a row. It doesn't matter. Bring him on. Fix Demolition Man. Come on. Just uh, write some jokes. This will be great. And he wrote a great script. He did. He wrote it. like was exactly what you want out of this movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, Hudson Hawk is so bad. The movie's unwatchably bad. I've never seen The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. I don't even I know anything like about it. I feel like you're probably not missing a whole lot. Yeah. So Peter Lenkov is much more of like a working TV writer. Yeah, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, he's still totally totally relevant, totally current. 24, RIPD, you know, uh, he's he's kind of a big shot. He still works. Son-in-law. 
Son-in-law? Is that the one with... um... Polly Shore. Oh! Yeah. They just did it on Guilty Movie Pleasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago. It's a great... Guys, check out the episode. It'll be a hoot. Yeah, Makuga and and Begley. That's a great show. Um, So, anyhow, we we don't really need to harp on this too much. Yeah, the the writers... I mean... What you really need to get out of the writers in this movie is that they're not really doing anything anymore, other than, like, Lenkov doing some TV stuff. Like, because Rest in Peace Department was kind of his last little chance to do something. It's bad. And it's very bad. Very bad. Very, very bad. Yes. None of the, like, all these writers kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Like, Robert Renault, the other guy, I couldn't even find, I mean, I I didn't search as hard as you did, but I couldn't find much about him. You ended up finding, like, a a paragraph on the guy. Yeah, He's written, like, four movies, or no, two movies and two TV episodes, and that's it. Wow. Holy crap, where did this paragraph come from? I didn't do this. You, you didn't do that? You wrote that? Maybe we have, like, elves. Like, outline elves. I, mean, I did my own research, but I did. Wow, Holtak? Fight of the Dead? Interesting. We've been, we've been hacked. <laughs> we've been hacked. So Marco Bram- Brambilla. Brambilla. Marco Brambilla. All right, so this is pretty funny. This is this is yeah. probably the most interesting part about the production. So this guy, this guy is not an action movie director. Not only was this his first movie, but, like, this is what was... If you go to his, his uh, Wikipedia... Marco Brambilla is a Milan. Right, why am I Marco that Brambilla <laughs> is a Milan-born, New York City-based video collage and installation artist known for his elaborate recontextualizations of popular and found imagery. So this guy is a big like directs music videos. He does artistic installations and he does video projects. He's a big art guy. Totally. Yeah. Demolition Man. As we keep mentioning, is like not perceived as the movie that it actually was. He probably saw this opportunity with all the bright colors in the future to do something really interesting. Right. And at the time, I think it was pretty interesting. It looks sort of dated and hilarious now. I mean, just look at that picture of Snipes. Yeah. Like, it's like a weird combination of, like, the Road Warrior. I, feel, I still feel like even in the 90s, it was, it was still still a little obscene. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the, the really bad comic book-esque Road Warrior version of the fifth element. Like, yeah. the, he looks like a character... He almost is like Chris Tucker. It's Chris Tucker on roids. Yeah. It's it's roided Chris Tucker who's like borrowed Mad Max's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) And then instead of screaming, he just does karate. Ah! Yeah. So uh, anyway, this guy, he he ended up following up that first film with Excess Baggage. Remember Excess Baggage? 97? Alicia Silverstone, one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, it's got like Benicio Del Toro. It's got like a big cast of like pretty sweet people at the time. Atrocious. Like I think the score on Tomatoes is like 13 or something. Yeah, it's really, really bad. horrible. Like this movie has like five times the points. (laughs) Completely. So that movie's a flop. Doesn't not, it, it flops financially, it flops critically. He doesn't do another movie until 2006. Right, and he did a... Uh, wait, what? what Districted, right? So it's a compilation. This is this is the thing I found right. so fascinating. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Districted is a compilation of video shorts that explore the intersection between art and pornography. Released in Europe in '06 with a certain lineup of shorts, and then mm-hmm. released in the States in 2010 with a slightly different lineup. One of the directors included in this is Gaspar Noé, whose film Love is essentially a rated x right it's not even rated i think i think he because he doesn't have the rating system yeah, i interviewed you can't. him i interviewed him here just a few weeks ago after i saw his movie love which just premiered there's some controversy because kanye west stole some video titles in one of his new movies from gaspar's earlier film into the void hmm. so he's been in the news for this but you know it's one of these where you're watching it and like he's saying the shock value of sex on screen has been overdone in the US and we need to just get used to it so like I want to just be able to show whatever I want to show and make it dramatic so Love is a movie that opens on literally hardcore sex for 10 minutes without a cut and continues to go back to it throughout the film 
it's like pretty shocking. It's, yeah. There's almost like 50 minutes of... Well, the thing with, with the movies, and like, I haven't seen this film that you're talking about, but yeah. from what you've told me, it's like, it's not. You're not finding the border between art and porn. Oh, it's just hardcore You're just porn. porn. You're yeah. just trying to figure out a way to... It's like... What I, I always think of, like, Lars von Trier, he's kind of figured out the way to do it. Yeah. Because he his movies are very explicit and intense and, and sexual yeah. and gnarly, but they're also, like, good movies yeah. that are well-acted. And, like, totally. there's there's things that are at stake, and there's a real storyline. Yeah. It's not just sex. And and I feel like this guy, yeah, I mean, and, and the guy you're talking about, just, they, no, there's none of that. Yeah, like, no judgment on Gaspar. He, he was a very nice guy, and the movie was interesting. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have called it a bad movie. It's just that's, like, my eyebrow raises when I see a movie like that because I'm gets so deliberate. Anyway, the point is... Gaspar has one of the shorts that's featured in this guy's movie, of course he Districted, does. which I was like, oh, of course. Well, yeah, we were like sitting there like over lunch trying to fit, like doing some research. And you're like, oh, this reminds me of that other guy. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, they work together, yeah, right? Of it's course. Ridiculous. So anyway, uh, obviously, no disrespect to Gaspar. I actually I enjoyed the movie. Like I said, it was just an eyebrow raise. Right. Uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting. The producers here, we mentioned Joel Silver. Howard G. Kazanjian, who was originally the vice president of Lucasfilm. He's one of these guys who got famous. So Michael Levy's the other one. He's just basically works with Silver. Like mm-hmm. all, all yeah, his big yeah, credits are Silver their... credits. But, K-Pax. Yeah, and K-Pax. <laughs> Failed financially as well. Um, Howard, yeah, so Howard, this guy, Kazanjian, he was the vice president of Lucasfilm and as such had a lot of fame early in his career by doing Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81 and Return of the Jedi in 83. Right. Now, the rest of his career was pretty much just a lot of flops. Um, there's not really anything that's that relevant, but he knew Lucas in college. They were friends. They went to. A, they were in a frat together. Yeah. So he was appointed the vice president of Lucasfilm. It's so crazy when you get a start like that. I mean, that's just that's Raiders the beast of Hollywood. Jedi? That is the Come beast of on. Hollywood. I yeah. mean, like you can start with the most incredible movies, and your career can die within five years. Eight yeah, years, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like I, I, I thought that was like so interesting. Just, I mean, it's so crazy. You get to. You just get to have those movies on your resume and then forever. Right. I mean, this is this is 2015, and we're looking on IMDb, and his first two credits listed are Raiders of the Lost Ark. Two of the greatest movies of... Ever Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Two, like, two of the greatest action-adventure movies of all time. I look at you, and I'm like, oh, this guy's a big shot. And yeah. I'm, like, I look, I'm like, but the last, you know, oh, I don't know... 15, 20 years? 25, 30 yeah. years of his career? No. Right? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. So, it's pretty I mean, and that's... And we'll get into box office now to talk about that. This movie, from a producer's standpoint... It's suicide. Yeah. Like, this is not the movie you want to be involved in. It was a Warner Brothers movie. It came out in uh, October of 1993. Yeah. And, like, oh, $58 million. Or, no, $57 million is what it costs. So, which is, it's okay, you know, but then you go in and you talk about those things that we talked about that it ended up costing, like, 100 and, what, 13? It was disputed. So, that's why why I pulled the thing and put it on here. Mm -hmm. Because it's, there was was an addendum released, like, shortly thereafter where they did deny the claim. But it was controversial at the time. And so we can't go on record saying. But right. I mean, essentially, like, with the with the delays in filming, there was five assistant directors yep. on the film. And, and four of them got, like, they fired four assistant directors. People on the crew had to leave filming because they had other projects starting and went way over. Mm-hmm. Um, there were $5 million worth of promotional, like, gear that they'd give out at these oh, yeah. screenings. The press kit? Yeah, like a hard hat. And a, and a jacket, jacket and a CD. Yeah. yeah. I'd be stoked. Oh, God. I'd be amped if I got that. We're essentially movie critics. Like, yeah. we do press. So, like, if I was covering a movie and I got a package in the mail and it had a leather bomber jacket, right. I'd, like a, a, fuck, I don't know, the Revenant hard hat. Yeah. And, like, the Revenant, like, you know, digital soundtrack. Like, 
I'd be like, this is the coolest am, yeah. thing ever. I got I'm a leather always. jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I, that's, but that was how gaudy this stuff was in the Yeah, 90s. and it didn't work. No, at all. No. So, so we made $58 million. So this is interesting. So, so you covered the, um, the box office stuff. Right. And we always use the same source, you and me, mm-hmm. the box office mojo, it's yeah, on Wikipedia. And the numbers, yeah. So it turns out that the worldwide gross on this movie was in the 150-somethings. What? Exactly. I couldn't find the release date internationally. Okay. Um, it's not listed on box office mojo. But when you find, like, several sites listed the worldwide gross as, like, 158 or 159 million. Wow. So it must have opened later uh, in other countries. Yeah, it had to have. Because the domestic opening, it didn't have a worldwide opening at all. Because that's what I was, that's the thing, is, like, with movies like this, in this time, uh, in this era of when movies were being made, the name Sylvester Stallone, with Rocky and Rambo, already been out for years. Yeah, and Snipes, too. And Snipes, but yeah, I mean, we're talking, I mean, Stallone in 80, uh, when did Rocky Four come out? 87? 85. 85? Yeah. Yeah, like that year, the biggest year in his entire career, you know that they'd seen those movies by then. By the time this movie came out, eight years later, of course. you would want it to go worldwide. Big so that's time. why I was shocked. Well, the, the one, uh, what was the thing that I read about the, it was in that article about the international title? It was in, uh, in Kuwait, I think. Yeah. The title was... in Kuwait was, was, um, Rambo the Destroyer. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Rambo the Destroyer. Cause they were like, we figured the association with the name Rambo right. would help sell tickets. It's like, you can't call Demolition Man Rambo. You can't do that. No. And then, did you also see how, uh, it, uh, like in Europe a lot, they, they didn't have Taco Bell because they didn't know what it was. Yeah. They, they like went over it in post-production with uh, Pizza, Pizza Hut. Hut right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and funny. In our chat today, people were talking and they were like, did you guys watch the Taco Bell or the Pizza Hut version? Like Taco Bell, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut. So <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty good. So anyway, they opened number one at 14 million. Which was, it looks so good. Yeah, people were stoked. It's like, this is going to be huge. Yeah, and it just petered off. Completely um, died off. Yeah, because the domestic, it made $1 million over the listed budget of 57 But like we said, if it, in fact, actually cost upwards of $90 million, even the worldwide gross, I mean, this movie is considered somewhat of a flop, but yeah. not as bad as others because I think those worldwide numbers did bring it up a little bit. So we have the graphic here of the, the 1993 box office. Um, Jurassic Park, obviously... You know, you can't compete. No, and I mean, this is a sweet year. Look at these movies. I know. I was going to say, Mrs. Doubtfire in the future. Like, I love Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I love it's it. another one we throw in that <laughs> same category. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never, you, have you watched the uh, the trailer recut of Doubtfire? Oh, it's where's terrifying. Psych- where's psycho? Yeah, yeah you, you guys have to go I'm out. Ready and, for my close up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> go look up Mrs. Doubtfire trailer horror movie, and you will laugh your ass off. Yeah, it's very very funny. Once the show's over. Once the show. Not yet. <laughs> um. Yeah, you have you have the fugitive. I mean, you have sleepless in Seattle. Very good. Um, you, uh, Schindler's List. Schindler's List is a decent one. You know, cliffhanger. F- Frey Willy. Frey. Groundhog Day. Yeah, I mean, this is cool. Runnings. God, what a great year to be alive. Tombstone. Tombstone. Sister Act Two. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I'm very excited. <laughs> is, is that a character from the film? No, that's just me <laughs> talking about Sister Act. I just felt like saying it that way. I hope you're okay with that. Um, anyway, so this movie was, where do we have this here? Number 18 yeah. uh, for the year. So pretty unexciting. But like the know. movies that are ahead of it, I don't even care that it's number 18. Yeah, it's There's true. There's so many good movies in this the list. The Pelican Brief was sweet. I just love the name of that movie. The Pelican Brief? Yeah, it's just good. Yeah, it sounds exciting. It does. Uh, critically, this movie was um, about what you'd expect. Although, it's so crazy how 1.4 points yeah. is so massively different on IMDb. 1.4? Oh, yeah, in terms is, of the top 250. Yeah, because this is a 6.6, yeah. six, and you essentially have to be an 8.1 right. to get in. So that means from 6.6 six to 8.0 is like the same margin, right. essentially. And this movie is a 6.6. Six. 
It's only a point and a half off from being in the top 250, like, by ratings-wise. And this movie's not good. What? Well, I mean, it is. It's very enjoyable. for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would give it, like, a 4.7 or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, Simon Phoenix is going to rank for me. I just realized. Oh, that. he is. He's in my. He's he's ranked. Yeah. The thing is, that the villains that we have ranked already are so good. He doesn't really compete very well. Yeah, he'll end up. He'll end up going like low, but like number one. Yeah, <laughs> but he'll be there. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. I, I don't think Spartan really ranks. Uh, and then, uh, I'm sorry, I, I jumped. I, I, no, no, I, no, it was cool. I was. Uh, and then, and then uh, we got 64 percent from all critics, 50 percent from top critics, and 66 percent from the audience, which is. It's that's about well, standard, what you would expect. Six point six, sixty six. Like it's, you know, people people like this. I like to think. I, I think we've talked about this before because we're such movie fans. Mm-hmm. So we've looked at these numbers for so many years for so many things, right? So I I've begun to apply the harsh logic of these numbers on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes yeah. to like everything in my life that I enjoy. Oh, I know. You're always... <laughs> we, we have, like, these grade scales yeah. we talk about all the time with rating anything. Yeah, so it's like the sandwich that I went to or how good <laughs> is the pizza or, like, you know, is it, like, how good of a ski spot is it to go to for the winter or, like, what have you. Uh, Do you remember the one we had the other day that was completely obscene? Yes. <laughs> it was very inappropriate. It was very inappropriate. It had to do with bathroom humor. It had humor. to do with bathroom humor, and we're not going to talk about it on the show, but that's literally everything from what we eat to everything that comes out of our body. It, had to, do, it had to do with the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, that Sandra Bullock? It's so crazy. The, the most eternal thing about this movie... Are the three seashells? It's the three seashells. Yeah. It's what everyone wants to know about. And... Uh, what did Bullock say? She got interviewed like just like a like few years ago after she did like the blind side. Oh, they asked about, about what it. it is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the thing about like you would use the two, you would like use the two seashells to, to like scoop to scoop the waste the out one, of your yeah. body, and then like the last one to like clean, which is like so it's, disgusting it's and inhumane. So not yeah. That's, that's really what you came up with in the future. And like, not, there was like nothing alluded to about how you would clean the shells or sanitize them for the next use. Right. So she goes, yeah. So she goes, well, think of a bidet, right? You have, there's several processes. You have number one, you have number two, and you have the cleanup. And she goes, but it doesn't stop there. It turns out the seashells are also, she goes, you can use them as little maracas as well. Even any sort of little musical instrument. <laughs> it's, it's, hy- it's hygienic and musical. That was, her, that was her response. So no one knows to this day what the idea was. Do you know wh- where it came from? No. The oh, writer, the guy he got brought on, yeah, right, he, right. he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, he called his friend who was in the bathroom on the toilet. And he's like, well, I got a, I got a couple magazines and I got a, a bag of seashells. It's like seashells. I'll make it work, and he just hangs up on them. Seashells. I'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Perfect. Um, all right, let's get into hero villain ranking. This is a good one. Let's do it. I actually wrote mine down ahead of time because I had a little bit of extra time to prep. Hmm. Hmm. That way, hmm. we're not just like looking at it. Oh well, uh, well, it's uh, easier when it's, two, when it's two of us. It's a little easier. I feel. Yeah. Um, all right. So we actually have the lists here on the back page that I printed out. It's and- so hard for me to decide whether or not I can put. You know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to put Rambo. Ram, what, what was it? Rambo. What? The title that they were trying to call it. Oh, Rambo the Destroyer. I'm going to put <laughs> Rambo the Destroyer, a.k.a. John Spartan, at number 50. I'm going to move everyone down mm. one. That's already, like, so Joe's going to go 49, Mills to 48, uh, Max wait, wait, Rambo 46. the Destroyer. What are you talking about? I'm talking about John Spartan. That was the name. That's what they were going to call him in this movie. No, no, I know that. But you're saying you were just talking about Morton Joe and Rambo. They're the heroes and villains. Set of lists. Yeah, yeah. No, oh. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the hero list here. I'm bumping okay. everyone down gotcha. from 50 to 47, and he's going to go in at the new 50. You're putting in. Okay, okay. John Joe. Spartan. <laughs> John. Rambo. John, John Day. 
So you're moving these guys down. So you're putting him at 50, and everybody goes 46, 7, 8, 9, 50? Exactly. Okay. Sounds good. So I'll make a note here on this. So you're putting Spartan at 50. I'm not going to put John Spartan on my list. I don't like him as much as Jack Travin, I'll tell you that much. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much space to fill here. So I guess in some ways, I feel like maybe I should just put him on here. Right? Just because, I mean, he's going to get bumped off, like, no matter what. Eventually. 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 I just don't think he's that good, man. I mean, he's entertaining, I guess. Yeah, he's he's, I mean, he's, he's good enough. I'll, you know what? I'll follow your lead on that one because I like John Spartan. This movie's yeah. entertaining, and, and he's and very your funny. Your favorite line is is my favorite line of his. Yeah, and we'll get into that. I'll put it. I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't like him as much as Jack Traven, but I like him more than not being on the list when I don't have fifty yet. Exactly. Okay. And then now, for me, with the villain Simon Phoenix. Yeah, and and again, he's Simon. Awesome. Simon says, Simon says <laughs> die. <laughs> like oh, that's again his commitment. <laughs> There's no hesitation. He's 100% committed. He, he, loved, he, he must have loved the script. He that's a cool thing to say. He must have loved the script. He must have. He hated the hair, though. He shaved he did, it immediately. immediately. And on the other hand, of that Rodman loved the hair. Yeah, Rodman started doing so, it. I'm going to do this now. Yeah. And then Rodman was in a movie with Rob Schneider a few years later called Knock Off. Oh, wasn't so he? Good. Or was that Van Damme? It's Van Damme. Double team. Double team. With Van Damme. With Van Damme. That's what I was yes. thinking. Yeah, yeah. Which is terrible. And Schneider was Knock Off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I did, we have such good... Villains. villains on this list. Yeah, we put more heroes on here, which is funny. It's because you guys, it's it's tough to be a good villain, man. And if you're a good villain, as you can see our list, like these guys are, those movies are all phenomenal. Which is funny. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put him at 49. I'm going to bump Cyrus to 48. Phoenix is only at 49 for you? Yeah, dude. Look at everyone else ahead of him: Morton Joe, Queen Alien, T1000, like Kurushnov, Predator, Drago. He doesn't even. He's not even in the same wheelhouse as these guys. Fair, okay. So you're putting Phoenix at 49. Oh no, no, you're you're moving Cyrus down to 48. We're putting him ahead. Of Do him. I have to repeat myself? Yeah, I was just writing on the wrong part. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna move Cyrus down to 48. Okay, and I'm gonna put uh, him in at 49. <laughs> Don't feel a dick about it. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm going higher on Phoenix. I'm going to go higher. Not bad. Not bad. He's very memorable to me. Um, he's better than Howard Payne. He's a better villain than Morton Joe. Morton Joe's so whatever. Don't. What? Not here. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> Morton Joe's pretty evil. He's evil and he's so gnarly looking at his death. He's very Remember memorable. Remember me? Oh, God. God, I love that. You have to... Ben's only seen Mad Max in the theaters, and he, like, refuses to watch it again, and he, like, refuses to change his ranking or voting on any of it. He's so like, interesting. Ah, it was fine. I saw it once. Oh, so interesting. The Taking Pelham 1, 2, 3 is number 31 Hey, look, I watched it with you a lot, and we've done it on the show, okay? You like it so much more I've than this, paid though. my time. <laughs> paid my dues. You only put it at 31 to mess with me. Um, I know you like it more than that. I've seen it in I, your face. <laughs> I've seen it in your eyes. Moving on. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, Morton Joe's good, but I like Phoenix so much. He's just a more memorable villain to me. So good. I'm going higher. I'm doing it. It's just because of the music. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I, I have a space between 12 and 31, so he'll, I'm going to put him at 25. Oh my god! If you said 13, I was going to freak out. No. Okay. But 25 Fair. is a solid number for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then for me, for ranking the movie, it's a hard one because it's such like a bad, awesome movie. I actually have it at number 30, ahead of <laughs> The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. You think Independence Day is a better movie than this? 
29. Okay. Independence Day has got the speech. This movie is hilarious. I know. It's true. Independence Day has the speech. But and the it speech has such is better than this whole value. Movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I had it at 30. No, Independence Day is better. Independence Day is going to stay at... Oh, no. I can move it down. So Independence Day will be 30, and then this will be 31. And then, uh, you know, Taking Pelham will just keep going lower. <laughs> as many episodes as we... We'll always know how many episodes we did, because the Taking of Pelham will be how many episodes we've done. I'm going to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> um, just kidding, guys. Just kidding, he's not. Or am I? Um, <laughs> I need to redo my list, because Jurassic World needs to go lower. Yeah, we need to redo our list pretty badly. But I am going to... Oh, man, this movie's so sweet, but it's not as good as any of these movies. No, it's not. <sighs> Furious 7, Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... Uh, it's the... Fuck. <laughs> this is the hardest decision Ben's made in his whole life. I mean, what I want to do is essentially put it ahead of Independence Day and Jurassic World. I want to put it at 30. But the speech, you're... I mean, the speech, but the speech is the Independence greatest Day argument. on its own is better. Yeah. So I think I have to just put this as the worst movie we've done on the show. What, would you, what do you guys think, audience? Where do you guys think... I mean, I, yeah... It's I guess really... if you're looking at our list, or I know that a couple of you have your own lists, and we love to see your full list, but I want to know just, because this can't be in most people's top 10 or 20, right? Right. I don't think so. No, I mean, it's super entertaining, but it's a silly movie. Steven, what do you think? you have any thoughts on it? you think this is, like, a good enough movie to, like, put ahead in it? Well, I know he thinks Independence Day is better, for sure. Uh, I think Independence Day is... Oh, is my mic on? You're okay, on. cool. I think Independence Day is a better movie in terms of... A movie. Right. But as an action movie, I think Demolition Man is better. That's a good point. It's our I producer think, Steven, guys, yeah. by the way. Honestly, Demolition Man's one of the first movies I saw Wesley Snipes in. Really? And it has solidified him as one of my favorites yeah. because of this movie. Yeah, he, like, again, he's incredible. He's incredible. Simon Phoenix. I think you're going to see a very similar attitude from the Joker and Suicide Squad as Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. Okay. Just over the top, evil. Probably Standard. not quite as jokey. Standard fare. Uh, okay, well, that's our lists there. Yeah, I think we should list. probably move on to recast. So Let's this is it. a thing we do where we take the roles in the film and we recast them with, uh, depending if it's a new movie, we go old. If it's an old movie, we go new. So in this case, we're going to be recasting if this film were made today with modern actors. You're going to love mine. You are so far. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's very funny. It's very good. Very good. I was uh, <laughs> reminding Andrew how to play Magic the Gathering this last weekend. We played several games, and uh, we were drinking. And every time Andrew would pick, draw a card, the drunker we got, he would just say that same line. Over and over was, and over. Pretty, I lost. It was pretty funny. Almost all the games. <laughs> uh, all right. And Ben cheated once, but we won't talk about that. I didn't cheat. Let's, uh, let's get into the recast. Um, okay, let's start with Bob Gunton, Chief George Earl. We haven't even talked about him yet. He's so good. Caveman. Primate. Primate. <laughs> <laughs> he might be my favorite part of the if it wasn't the if it wasn't uh, the thing we had said oh we skipped favorite line Neanderthal. Well, wait, we'll just do favorite we'll do line it after. after. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, if it wasn't that, it was just going to be all of his lines. So if I hadn't gone with the with the Simon Phoenix fight music, yeah. it was going to be every time Bob Gunton said anything. Anything. Yeah, because yeah, every time he had a line, like, even if we were on our phones or whatever we were doing, we'd, like, both just have a moment yeah. and laugh. Savage. Savage. <laughs> yeah. All right, so who I went with, um, and... <laughs> very good. Yeah, it's very funny. Every time we show up somewhere hungover, I'm just going to look at you and just say, Savage. Sa- primate. Primate. <laughs> You're sweating profusely. I, yeah, I'm doing okay today. Doing well today. Uh, I went with Scott Wilson. 
Okay, for Bob Gunton? Yeah, he's the guy that played Herschel in The Walking Dead. Ah, uh, that's good. And it's good because he has that way of just kind of being condescending and a dick without being an overly, like, overly a dick. Right. So I feel like if he was put in a role where he wanted it, like, they really needed him to play it up, yeah. he would just kill it. Yeah. Yeah. I went with Bob Gunton. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I mean, why not? I love I love him in Patch Adams. Yeah, I he's thought, so good. He's pretty old now. We're doctors. The last time I saw Bob Gunther in a movie, if I recall, was his role in I Heart Huckabees, and he plays uh, Jason Schwartzman's dad. He does look pretty old. In that, he looks old. And that's yeah. like, oh, five maybe or something? I mean, oh, Herschel looks five. pretty damn old, too. Yeah, but I, I just think it, with the amount of makeup they put on him, I think he could just do it again. Of course he could. Yeah. yeah. So I, And I think he's so perfect. And clearly the police chief doesn't need to be in shape or anyone that no. can fight or do anything. His age like doesn't even matter. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, it's like him and the wise black guy. What's his name? Uh, the, the, his buddy You're from, towing a line here. Yeah, no, the, the, <laughs> his buddy from when they were kids, the pilot who gets grounded. What are you talking about? Stallone comes out and he sees the one guy and the guy's like, "Oh yeah, in a, in a, the guy in a bad yeah. time." He was the worst. That yeah, guy. That guy yeah. was awesome. Yeah, he's he's in a bunch of those '90s movies. Yeah, he has. Like, he always has like five lines yeah. and always like super epic. He's sweet. Yeah, very he's good. great. So I'm really happy with my second choice for Dennis Leary because he's also a stand-up. Yeah, and he's this type of stand-up that just goes on rants. It's Bill Burr. Oh, okay. From Breaking Bad yeah. and from right. him doing tons of stand-up. It's the same guy. I went with a far more annoying character because I found I found Leary to be very annoying in this movie. John Leguizamo in The Pest? <laughs> I went with Jay Baruchel. Jay, Jay Baruchel. Jay yeah. Baruchel. Uh, Man-seeking woman. Okay. This, this is the end. Uh, I'm your friend. I'm Seth yeah, Rogen's friend. Uh, I just thought you'd sweet smoke a joint and get high. Blah. <laughs> that guy? Or yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's good. In the, what's it? This is the end when he's like, you're I just hipster? couldn't see Jer- Jay Baruchel like running an underground militia. He could, and it would be <laughs> funny. Ah, come on, guys, this will be yeah. sweet. <laughs> this will be funny. This will be good, guys. That would be funny because he's like kind of a dickhead. That's what's funny about it. I like Jay Baruchel. Oh, that's so funny. Um, all right. How, who'd you cast for Sandra Bullock? The- a little beautiful girl named Alicia Vikander. Did you really? I don't know if you've seen the movie Man from Uncle. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> But she is beautiful. This makes me and think I you came her. up with this while we were filming because I feel <laughs> no. like it's, she's your default. She's your she's your female default. I was at the gym this morning and I was like, I know someone that could play this role. <laughs> I mean, didn't even Six think of it. to midnight. <laughs> Alicia Vikander, very good, sir. Thank you. It's the third need, time I've used her. I need to go with someone a little more proper. Someone who's very don't you speak ill on Vikander. I need to go with someone who's very attractive, but like. Less sexy than she is attractive. Jane Seymour from Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I went with Diane Lane. Of no, course I'm just, you no, did. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I went with Felicity Huffman. What? Yeah. She's like 80. Felicity Huffman? No, nah, she's not. She's like 32. No, she's not 32. She was, yeah, I checked. She's, she's like she's, 46. Did I say the wrong person again? Probably. You had to have. Who's, isn't she? Felicity Huffman is like the Trans America woman that won. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty positive. Am I thinking of Felicity Jones? She's 52. She's 52. Thank you. Definitely not Felicity (laughs) Felicity Huffman. Diane Lane. Felicity Jones is the the wife from... Felicity Jones is the wife from The Theory of Everything? I don't know. I don't know who that... You don't even know who the hell you're talking about. No, she got... Yes, yes. Felicity Jones. That's who I'm talking about. 32. What did I say? 32. By the way, guys, if you want to pick who's got a better recast, you can tweet at us at our for, page. For Sandra Bullock, I went with Robert England. <laughs> Robert England? He's the like guy that played Freddy Krueger? No, 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 no. No, maybe uh, I said the wrong name here. How about, how about Alexandra D'Addario? She's hot. 
Wait, who's she? She's too sexy, though. Who's she? I don't know. Is she on Game of Thrones? No, no. She's She just got cast in the new Baywatch. She's anyone, the, anytime anyone talks about a, a hot person that I don't know who they are, I just assume they're on Game of Daddario's Thrones. Daddario's the, the super hot chick whose top gets comes off in True Detective Season 1. She was in uh, San Andreas. <laughs> San Andreas. watching Baywatch. Yeah. <laughs> she's very attractive and very pale. Uh... All right, moving yes. on from Felicity Huffman. Felicity Jones. Felicity Huffman Felicity was Jones is attractive and perfect for the role. Let's Wesley Snipes. Who did you cast as Mister Salmon Phoenix? Mister Michael D. Of course, Jordan. You did. Yeah, it's easy. Well, I haven't ever cast him as anything yet. I've only used him like once. I, I think. think he's, he's coming in his own, and he's Jack now. Mm-hmm. He's huge now. And I have a better one. Though. He trained for Creed with Snipes' martial arts guy that he used on Blade. That's great. So now he's got the moves. So I was watching. Uh, I've seen Ant Man. That's not it. Your man's better. Like that's good. Everyone, everyone would use Michael B. Jordan. Look, I thought about Michael Pena as well. But. <laughs> you know, security guard and observant report. No, uh, Anthony Mackie. See, I thought about it, but it's too easy. It's you think that's easier than Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, it's too easy. Creed came out last week. Yeah, but Anthony Mackie's been in action movies now. Exactly. That's the point. And he fights like what so, Snipes does. So is Michael B. He was in the but he George. doesn't fight like that. <laughs> He's a boxer, and I don't. I didn't see Fantastic Four, so I could be completely talking about my ass. But Anthony Mackie, you see in the Civil War trailer, he's got the moves, man. Okay, he's got the touch. He's got the touch. Okay, Drew, who did you cast for Sly Stallone? I am so proud of mine. I really am really proud of mine too, and I'm interested to see what yours is because the whole time I was watching this movie and like the delivery of the lines and the comedy, along with an action superstar, it's Chris Pratt. He's, he's great. the best at this role. He's the best at being funny yep. and still being a badass. Yep. But in this movie, you never get like the Rambo badass out of Stallone. So what I went with was I thought about Pratt, and I thought uh-huh. I, no, I didn't think about Pratt. But, I know you didn't. <laughs> but younger, like younger, like that, like the early thirties role. Yeah. I went a little older because Stallone's pretty grizzled. He uh-huh. looks older. He looks like one of his forties. He's in been frozen for yeah. seventy years, forty something, <laughs> wrongfully accused. <laughs> so I went. So what's the line when his shirt's tattered? My favorite line. Oh, it's so good. And she's like, she's like, oh, you're in shambles. And yeah. he says, and he's, and he, she's like, you're in shambles. And he's like, nothing. A little needle and thread could. Oh mix. God! I'm telling you, if you oh, read the movie as a comedy God. now, Cruz would be perfect as Demolition Man. You guys can just go ahead and hashtag Mastery Caster and put my name after it because he Cruz has no business in this movie. Would be perfect. Michael B. Jordan would snap him in half. No. Yes. Have you seen Cruz? I have. Recently? Have you seen all five, six of Tom Cruise? <laughs> Look, I'm just telling you, I think Cruz... No? No. Steven disagrees. <laughs> no. He's completely unamused. Cruz, Cruz goes with the flow too much. He's not, like, rigid enough to be put in these situations and make it still funny. Right. Sly, Sly is like... You're like, oh my god, this is a big, tough guy. Who, I can imagine Tom Cruise knitting. I, I, I imagine Tom Cruise does knit. Well, let me, let <laughs> Seeing me, Sly knitting is different. You're let like, me absolutely. Give me a second to explain, because genu- genuinely, I think, as I said, this is the best comedy Stallone ever made. And I don't think this movie was intended to be anywhere near as much of an action movie as it was. It was supposed to be kind of a parody. It's called Demolition Man. And Cruise, as we saw, made a great action movie parody last year. Maybe one of the best movies we've ever done on the show, An Edge of Tomorrow. A fantastic movie. So we've seen Cruise put himself in a weird weird situation where he's unfamiliar and make it hilarious by being my face? Tom Cruise. I just, I'm saying, my face? I see it. I I see your face. I'm not impressed with the Tom Cruise pick. I think it's pretty good. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. Okay, curveball. Curveball. I've been drinking since five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stallone, Wesley Snipes, double recast for those two, gender bent. Who would you choose? Double recast for those two, gender bent. I would probably have to go, I think I'd have to go Rousey. For Stallone. For Stallone. She's pretty gruff. Yeah, I think... And I'd go Michonne. 
from oh. Walking Dead. The female that plays Michonne from Walking Dead. Just, I wish I could remember her name right now. And we have to. So racially, we're doing the same thing. I just did it just because. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can do whatever you, you do want. whatever you want, man. She's played by uh, Denai Guerrera. Right. Right. Gender Ben. Yeah, I and mean, I think Rousey definitely is the first one that comes to mind, just because he's so jacked. Yeah. So it's like you need a chick who's like really yoked, and like that. There's not a lot of them who are like smoking, smoking jacked like that. Smoking jacked. I just made that up. Um, and <laughs> it's then, a new flavor of beef jerky. <laughs> Yeah, and then for the chick who would be like the crazy bad chick, I'm going to go Alicia Vikander. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question. I don't want to be put on the spot. It wasn't hard for me. So, yeah. you well, know. you went first. So, uh, <laughs> way to go. Um, anyway, Tom Cruise is awesome. What's uh, your favorite line? I want to do your favorite line because of it. Uh, yeah, my favorite line is the one I just said is Cruise, but it's um, it's when she's like, you're in shambles. He's like, oh, another little, little thread could fix. And he like, at, he's like, what did I just what say? What did I just say that? Because yeah. he's learned how to knit while he's been cryogenically frozen. It's in his rehab program, and he knits her a sweater. This would be so funny. I would like you to accompany me to Taco Bell. That's your favorite line? That's one of them. It's so good. The other, I mean, there's another one. Just, uh, I think my absolute favorite is, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Both seconds of yeah. it, and then they fight for like two minutes. Right, it's like thirty. I also seconds, like but... uh, Snipes Olay. Yeah, very, That's very good. funny. And then also, he doesn't know how to use the she shells. <laughs> like, he's such a fuck. It's the worst. That's funny. And then I also really like um, when when he's when he's she's like ah, this kind of proximity and, and violence, and she's like, "Do you want to have sex?" That yeah. whole scene's really funny. Do you want to have intercourse with me? I also like earlier when she's like. This is how males. This is how. Uh, what does she say? She's like, oh, uh, machismo, like over yeah, confident over, something. Yeah, like like sexually uh, something. Whatever males yeah, acted related yeah. to each other. Yeah. I thought that was a funny line. It's very it's good. Very smart. It's clever. It actually is. So I think it's you have seven pretty, people writing it. I think it's pretty clear. We've already done Cage versus Cruise. I don't think we have to do that one. Don't know why I was on the show. This um, and which of the three categories does this movie fit into? There's three action movie categories, guys. There's totally ridiculous, which is like Face Off or Con Air. There's totally legitimate, which is like Die Hard or Terminator Two, The Fugitive. And lastly, there is ridiculously legitimate, which is the middle category. That's where ridiculous meets awesome. It's very compelling. It has a great performance, but is still kind of campy. So it's like almost amazing and almost perfect, but still sort of silly. Right. I would have thought this movie was totally ridiculous. I'm going to go with mine first, and I'm going to say it's totally ridiculous because it sounds like you changed your mind. This movie's totally ridiculous in every way, shape, and form. Changed I, my mind. I went ridiculously legitimate. I knew you would, because yeah. there's no way it's totally legit. No. Well, I thought for a second about being really clever, but it's too silly. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The reason that I put... Oh, other favorite line? I could You destroyed like a whole city block and spent $2 million in property damage right. just to save a little girl? She's like, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so good one, kid. Yeah, that's, that's really funny. <laughs> Uh, no, so <laughs> I, I went with Ridiculous Legit because I was thinking it's the same argument that we had with Predator. against Predator and for Die Hard. Yeah. In a lot of this movie, you laugh when you're supposed to laugh. It's really silly at times, but the vast majority of the humor is supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's really mostly just snipes is the only thing that you're laughing at unintentionally, but the vast majority of this movie is intentionally funny. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good argument. It really is. Because it's a parody of an action movie. But I still, for me, it's just too silly. It's It's like too goofy. He and Schwarzenegger both did one in the same year. Olay. Schwarzenegger did Last Action Hero, which is also a parody of an action movie the same year. Um, Both of them were kind of failures, kind of flops. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we we also didn't talk about the fact that Jesse Ventura's in this movie for a second. Yeah, just a minute. They cut his whole. He has a whole fight scene they cut out. Really? Yeah. With with, uh, Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, you just see him for a second. That's too bad. I I love him. Of course. 
He's got that line from Predator that I'm too scared to say on air. Do not say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, that's what we think. So let us know what you think if you disagree with the categories. Lastly, we have something called the pitch. pitch. And I'm going to jump in and I'm going to just kind of do something a little different Don't today. Don't do it to me. I'm not going to do it to you. I'm not. What I'm going to do to you, though, is Ben and I are still in a little bit of a debate on what we should do next week on the show. Ben is Okay, so let me let me rewind a little bit. We do we try to oh, calm your ass throw down. Something. I was I've already emailed Val Kilmer's people. <laughs> we'll bring him up from a group with it. Um, <clears throat> we do the thing called the pitch, and, and the way that we usually pick the movie, calm down. The way that we usually pick the movie is we try to do something that's either topically topically related and with, with what's going on in the news or anything with actors. Or just something out. we love that's better than Kilmer. <clears throat> exactly. What? No. What we're doing is that next week, or within the next couple of weeks, we have the Hateful Eight coming out. And on Christmas. Christmas on Day. Christmas. And so Ben really wants to do Tombstone. It's got the same feel to it. It's a great action movie classic, and I'll let you talk about that a little bit more. That's the point. I think, and it's because of Kurt Russell, I think that we should do Kill Bill because of Quentin Tarantino. And it's a great action movie, and I think it really fits our show. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a vote up on our Twitter like we always do, once a week, with whatever. We're going to do Tombstone or Kill Bill. You can tweet at us whatever you guys want, and I want to hear your pitch for why we should do Tombstone and not Kill Bill. Are you going to pitch Kill Bill after? Yeah. Okay. Actually, don't tell me why we shouldn't do Kill Bill. Just tell me why we should do Tombstone. Okay. Tombstone is one of the forgotten classics of the 1990s. I'm going to cut you off right now. (laughs) (laughs) One of the forgotten classics of the 1990s. It is arguably Val Kilmer's greatest performance as Doc Holliday. He's fantastic. He's so good. Like, one of the most memorable roles that I've ever watched. One of my favorite actors in. Uh, it's a timeless movie. It's a better Western than Wyatt Earp, which was made the same year with Costner, but is just not that good. Tombstone is the perfect combination of campy and exciting. It's got Kurt Russell with a sweet mustache. This movie has more awesome one-liners than I would say almost any action movie from the 90s I can think of. Better than most Schwarzenegger or Stallone movies. Almost everything that Val Kilmer says in the movie is quotable. Literally almost everything that Kurt Russell says in the movie is quotable. You're it, not wearing a bustle. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got Michael Bean in it, who plays Commander Anderson in The Rock, and also John Connor. It's got, uh, what's his name, who plays... I don't know. I don't want to do the movie. Anyway, the movie is fantastic. I love it to death. Like, I think we would have more fun doing that movie than many that I can think of. That's why we should do Tombstone, and that is why you guys should watch Tombstone. Russell has a similar mustache, the one that he has in yeah, Hateful Eight. It's true. It's true. It's a very awesome mustache. Yeah. The mustache is honestly what would win it for me over anything else. Did I almost just sell you? No, not at all. Okay. Kill Bill. It's Kill Bill. It's one of the greatest action movies that have come out in our lives. Absolutely, in our lifetimes, of this generation. Plus, we haven't done one with a strong female lead in a long time. And and Uma Thurman is a complete, complete badass in the movie. The shots in the movie, the action in this movie, is some of the best I've ever seen. The sword fighting is incredible, the acting, everything. And it is Tarantino. And I understand that Quentin Tarantino is very, very aware of himself and what he does. But I think that the way that he does it in this movie kind of plays into the types of movies that we like to do. It's almost got that 90s feel with the jokes and, you know things that are in it so <clears throat> they're both great movies either way we're going to be happy i'll probably be happier than ben if i end up doing tombstone he's really against kill bill i don't know why it's a very good movie. i just don't like it it's a good movie yeah. you've probably only seen it once huh no i've seen kill bill several times all right he's only seen it once <laughs> vote we're gonna we're gonna put up a vote we want to know what you guys think tweet at us let us know we will end up doing one of those two movies and very excited either way absolutely uh that is it for the show today thank you guys for watching action movie anatomy this was a very fun episode i'm really enjoying fun. the two-man shows recently me too i hope you guys are as well because we love them 
They're a yeah. lot of fun. There's a lot of space. Two and a half. Steven. Steven's Two and a half man couch. show. <laughs> Steven's the man that made this show happen. Yeah. So he's yeah. always kind of there. He's always, he's always watching. That's he's right. always watching. Um, <laughs> he's our own personal Santa Claus. I'm a candy cane. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> We need to go. Very we got to go Drew. on that. Drew, if the people want to find you, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter. You guys can find me at, at Ben Bateman Media. And if you guys want to follow the Twitter, which please do, we are trying to get more Twitter followers. It helps us book sweet guests for you guys. Absolutely. Um, at AMA Podcast. And just if you want to know what our producer does, producing all the sweet shows that he does, Stephen, where can the people find you? Hey, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux or just tweet at the Popcorn Talk because I will be looking at that Twitter. If you have any ideas for shows or comments or questions, just tweet at me at Stephen Lemieux and I'll uh, answer to the best of my abilities. Yeah, that question we asked earlier about it, if you think it's awesome, tweet him as well because he would be the person listening also. He's the man in charge. Don't just suck up to these guys. Let me know what you really think of the show. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for checking in. We will see you next week. Ole! From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.